Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I'm really excited to, to come and, and speak with you today. This is one of those times where um, I actually am um, feeling the weight of responsibility in regard to, to what I bring. I always take the uh, preaching of the Word very, very seriously, but there are some times when, when the Lord gives you a good burden uh, and I feel that there is an important message here. Um, and it was actually birthed out of my um, thought processes to do with last week's message and, uh, and, and, and has led, uh, yeah, if you did catch me on Instagram, has led into a little bit of a mini-series because I, I, I've sensed um, in, in the spirit realm, if you will, that, that, this, it, that there are some real issues in this area that we need to address. And uh, I actually messaged Lawrence yesterday and, and said, listen, we're just gonna, we're gonna change it up. I need to get on sooner because uh, if, if genuinely I think this is important, then I've got to give the time to that. So the series is called, as you can see, it's time to face your bully. It's time to face your inner bully. And, and I want to address some things um, where I feel that, um, instead of we, instead of just coping with stuff, the Lord wants us to get victory in 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 some areas, and and so today I feel very strongly um, the the Lord wants me to speak into the whole area of anxiety, and uh, there are uh, the next three weeks there will be some repetition because of some of the things that I want to say, but that's good. Some things need to be said more than once. And that's and that's a that's a good thing. Um, I, I I honestly do not believe that God wants um, our lives to be pushed around by the inner bully of anxiety. And uh, I think that if we're all being honest in the room, there there are times when all of us feel anxious about things uh, and on, on a scale in the room there'll be people who from time to time feel anxious and there'll be people in the room for whom anxiety is a daily battle and, and, and I believe that there's something in what I want to share with you today uh, wherever you are on that scale. Um, if you've ever had to live with a sense of, I'm not sure I'm coping. If you've ever had to live with a sense of being overwhelmed by life, um, it is a very, very draining experience. Um, and the things that we can be anxious about uh, are as diverse as the people in the room. There would be similarities to some of our stories, and there would be huge differences. But the end result is similar, that we are living with an anxiety that I don't believe God wants us to live with. The reason I don't believe God wants us to live with it because is the roots of anxiety are in fear. The roots are in fear. The Bible tells us 365 times that we shouldn't be afraid. That's one for every day of the year. One for every day of the year, you've got a prescription from the Bible. Do not be afraid, 365 times. So I don't want to come today and just talk. I'm hoping to give you some tools to manage you and 
so that you feel equipped. But I also believe that the, the, the Spirit of God will help us today and that some people are going to get some supernatural help. Because we believe in a God who supernaturally equips people. And yes, there are some things that we need to do. There are some things that we need to practice. That, and I will be talking about those things. But I also know and I've experienced it in my own life. Supernatural help from God. Where He enables me to take some ground that would have in the natural taken me a long time to take. But, but, but I know that I'm getting help. By the Lord. Is there anyone in the room who can say, yeah, that's also, that's also me. I've experienced that in my life. So let me read this, let me read this scripture to you and then we'll pray. Um, it's a scripture where in Luke chapter 10, we, we read um, that as Jesus um, and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Father, as we come into your presence, we, we, we say thank you. We believe that, Lord, we've just had opportunity to, to worship. We've had opportunity to sense you're here. But Father, we believe, Lord, that you, there is some work that you want to do through and by the Spirit today. Lord, I, I just dare to believe that someone's Someone's going to leave with a miracle today. Lord, sometimes we, we think of miracles in regard to physical healing, but I also know that miracles come in the form of psychological healing. And Lord, they're just as powerful and just as real. And Lord, whilst, whilst we definitely, each of us will receive some tools to help us overcome, we also know that we need the supernatural hand of God to help us. And we pray, sweet Spirit of God, you know every individual here. We pray that you'll walk up and down the aisles and the roads here today. Lord, I take authority of every work of the enemy that would seek to interfere or impede what God wants to do today. Lord, I declare over us an open heaven that God, you will have your way in this place throughout this day in Jesus' name. And a faithful church said, Amen. Amen. So we, we observe something about Martha. Martha is clearly a hospitable woman. She, she is the one who goes to Jesus. She is the one who opens her home. And in fact, this, this family led to a place where Jesus went often. It was home from away from home. Jesus as the Son of Man, didn't have a place to lay his head, but actually this was a home that, that opened themselves up to be hospitable to Jesus. And so Martha by nature was a hospitable woman. But in the process of outworking, as it were, the gift, she allowed herself to become distracted. Um, at first... And Jesus points this out. She was distracted by the preparations. She was busy. Martha was clearly a woman who liked to do a good job. She wanted to do a thorough job. She was busy. But then she was not only distracted by preparations, she also found herself distracted by Mary. Um, so I've got, I've, I've actually, uh, I'd like to welcome to the, the, the platform, Jesus hey. and Mary. Wow. We've arranged for them to be here today, which is, yeah, we, listen, no expense has been spared. Um, and 
uh, it was important that we asked the small children to leave the room because um, we have Jesus, we have Mary, and uh, I'm going to be Martha. <laughs> and that can have a damaging effect. So Martha, you see, she was a woman who loved to serve and, and um, she, was, she was someone who was making preparations. She wanted, she wanted to do a good, a good job. So she was around, but in all her, you know, all her rushing around. You know, there must have been that moment where... Girlfriend is just focused there. It's fine. by by Mary in this moment both Mary and Martha are listening but one is listening to Jesus the other is listening to the thoughts that are going on in her own head I want you to notice what happened the distraction caused her, I believe, to lose, to lose the joy of serving. And then she found herself resentful of Mary. She was resentful because she felt she was doing more than her fair share. I don't know whether you've ever met anyone who's kind of got the meter running in their head. Like, you know, I don't mind serving. I don't mind doing what I need to do. But you know, like, I'm watching that one over there and they are just chatting away and they are, you know, they, you got the meter running. It's like, you don't, I love to serve. I love to do it for Jesus. But I also want to love, I want you to love to serve and I want you to do it for Jesus and I want you to do it in equal proportion to what I'm doing. <laughs> the interesting dynamic here is that she didn't only get resentful with Mary, she got resentful with Jesus. Because when she went to Jesus, she challenged him like, well, don't you care? Because anxiety will always, anxiety will get you to the place where you are thinking even Jesus doesn't care about you. And, 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 he, and he, she wanted Jesus to make Mary do something. Anxiety will skew your view of Jesus. Uh, and speaking of Jesus and Mary, thank you so much. We'll see you later. Let's give them a little hand of praise there. Now, I say that because you say, well, what, wait, because Mary was, sorry, Martha was challenged by Jesus and said, you are, you are worried and upset about many things. That word worried means anxious. 
And it's not the only, it even happened, it even happened to the mother of Jesus because in Luke 2, it says one, um, the long story, but um, Joseph and Mary had travelled as, as, as they did every year with a group of people. They took Jesus and they lost him in the crowd for a long time and they were, and they were looking for him. And, and in Luke 2, it says, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, watch this, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. When I'm carrying anxiety, I, I will start to judge what the other person is doing. I will actually judge even how Jesus is handling me. Anxiety, if you carry it for long enough, will get me to feel, well, even Jesus doesn't care about me. I'm managing this all on my own. I find it interesting that Jesus had to say to Martha, it was the only time he said it to a woman, the double name call, Martha, Martha. And it was almost like he had to snap her out. Hey, because anxiety will, will muffle the voice of Jesus. Wow. He had to do, Martha, Martha, hey, listen, listen, listen to me. Let me, let me get your attention. When, when Jesus does the no, double name call, it's because he wants to get somebody's attention. He wanted to snap her out of her negative thoughts. When, I, when my mind is filled with negativity, it is difficult to hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus said to Martha, as I've said, you're worried and upset about many things. And, 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 and that word worried is anxious, but she wasn't only worried. She wasn't only anxious. She was anxious and upset. And I want to I I I say that anxiety will lead you to be upset. The interesting word about this um, uh, word upset is that it has similarities to uh, meaning like the noise of a crowd. Right. The noise of a crowd. These guys are just going to help me for a minute. This is, this is kind of what it's... So what, 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 keep it going for a second. What, what is happening? Turn it up a little bit. What is going on here is that this is the kind of thing that is going on inside our heads. It's, it's, it's affecting the way I live my life. It's, the, it's affecting the way, if, if, if these, these are the thoughts that are going round and round and round. Anxiety is that internal noise. This is not audible to the human ear. I wonder, I wonder if we could hear some of the stuff that's going on in your head. I wonder if this is like nothing. I wonder if this is nothing compared to what actually is going round and round in your head. Anxiety is internal noise and it is the filter through ultimately we will see the world. Thanks Dave. Of course, sometimes that noise is, is, is not as white as that. Sometimes it is just those thoughts, those thoughts that go round and round and round in your head. They, they, they call it rumination. It's just why it's like when the needle gets stuck. I ruminate. I go, it's round and round and round. How dare she say that? How dare she say that? Who does she think she is? Why is she looking at me like that? You know, it's, it's, it's like your head gets stuck in a certain place and, and it takes us on a journey. Oh, that bill has come. Oh my God, I hate bills. Oh, it's, I can't afford it. I don't know. This, uh, this job is not paying me enough. I'm going to, it's all going to, it's all going to be taken away from me. I'm going to lose it all. Right. It's a journey that, 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 that anxiety will, will take me on. Anxiety is an internal bully. And it seems, it seems in this, when you take a first look at this scripture, it seems initially that Jesus takes Mary's side. I know, because some people have used this scripture, they've got scriptural backup to say, yeah, I would join a serving team, but I've chosen what is better, to sit at the feet 
of Jesus. It says so in the Bible. I've chosen what is better. I, I, yeah, I actually don't think that is what it means, I don't think that Jesus was talking essentially about what they were doing in that moment. He wasn't talking about housework. He was talking about their focus. That's why Mary had chosen what was better. Because Mary was distracted by Jesus. Whereas Martha was distracted from Jesus. Mary was distracted by Jesus. Martha was distracted from Jesus. Both were looking at Jesus and both were experiencing something very different. One was thinking, I love you, Lord. Wow, your words are powerful. This is amazing. Your presence is so impactful. The other was looking at Jesus and saying, you don't care about me. If you cared about me, you'd get Miss Holier Than Thou over there to get up off her royal behind and help me. They were both being impacted by the presence of Jesus, but in very different ways. See, my relationship with Jesus is ultimately going to be Influenced by the level of noise that is going on in my head. The word anxiety comes from a word meaning to choke, to squeeze, torment, or cause distress. In fact, in Luke chapter 8, in, in, in when Jesus was talking about the seed, the seed of the Word of God. He, he, in explaining it, he said, the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries. It is possible to hear the Word and yet find yourself choked by life's worries and by riches and pleasures. And that, and it says, and they do not mature. If I hear the Word of God and I am uh, distracted, if I am filled with anxiety, if I am distracted by life's uh, pleasures, ultimately, at the end of the day, the Bible says, I will not mature. Right. Proverbs 12 verse 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So anxiety is something heavy to carry. It's heavy to carry. If allowed to, anxiety will choke the life out of us. It will rub us of our joy and peace. I was talking to uh, Gabs and um, she went on a road trip with uh, a mom. And just prior to this road trip, she's, she's, you need a car in the States. She's got a car. She was driving around. She went to have something checked out on the car, went to see this mechanic. And the mechanic said to her, uh, oh, you, um, you need new brakes, eh? Those brakes are shot. You need new brakes. Now, she didn't have the money for that at the time. And uh, she said, oh, my goodness, you know, like. But anyway, they, they, um, they went on this little uh, road trip together anyway without, without having the brakes fixed. Um, it wasn't, you know, they, they, it was just that this thought had been sown that, that the brakes were, were dodgy. Well, you don't want that, do you? I mean, you don't want that on your car. So they went on this little road trip believing that um, obviously these dodgy brakes might, you know, might go at any time. And... And the truth is they had a great time, but it overshadowed the trip a little bit because they drove two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back, did a little bit of driving there. And, and it, over, it overshadowed, overshadowed things a little bit, but they, they had a great time. Um, and then when she got back, she went to the uh, garage to have, she went to another place uh, to have the brakes fixed. When she turned up at the garage to have the brakes fixed, the guy said, there's nothing wrong with your brakes. Wow. 
They're fine. You've got loads of miles left in them. Seems like my man. My man was after himself a little bit of extra money by lying about the brakes. But I did think to myself, wow, what a perfect illustration. Because they were operating under a lie, believing it to be truth. And that lie, believing it to be truth, robbed them of joy on the journey. Don't you think that's what anxiety does? Because if we're absolutely honest, if we're absolutely honest, the majority, the majority, even the most anxious people in this room, the majority of what you get anxious about doesn't actually happen. Am I right? it, it, It doesn't actually happen, but we live like it is about to. We live with that same kind of tension. We live with that kind of level of anxiety. This anxiety floods our minds. We might not have had a mechanic lie to us, but we've got an enemy who will lie to us. And sometimes even the enemy doesn't need to get involved because we do such a good job on our own. And that, that stuff will rob us of our sleep It will rob us of our health. It will rob us of our peace. It will rob us of our joy. It will rob us of our energy. So so how do I face this inner bully? And when I say, when I say how do I face this inner bully, what I mean is how do How do I, me, face this inner bully? Because it is something that I have had to face. So what I'm sharing with you now isn't theory. It's not something that I've read in a book somewhere. It's something that I've actually had to apply to my own life. If you were here last week, you would would have heard me talk about the fact that God had healed me from a stomach condition uh, in my early 20s. How many, if you were here, give me a wave and you heard that. You remember that? Yes, quite a few of you. God had healed me of a, of a stomach condition um, in my early 20s. I need you to know that stomach condition was brought on by anxiety. And, and God, in an instant, took away the, the results of that anxiety He healed my body, but I still, even though He healed my body, I still needed to deal with the inner bully that got me to that place. So I was healed from the results of it, but I needed to still deal with what got me to that place. I've got Tando just to help me in this moment. He's played this role before. Um, He plays it very well. Uh, Some might say... A little too well, but the, the, when when you when I talk about anxiety waiting to pounce, it's like I'm trying to live my life, but anxiety is always there, trying to to, to push me around. I'm I'm trying to live my life, and it's there, trying affecting my life. And it, how many of you know that this is quite difficult to ignore? I mean, I'm trying to carry on like it's not happening. But the thing is, all, all that you're seeing on the outside is what anxiety tries to do to us on the inside all the time. And what happens is, if allowed to, anxiety, if we obey it, will try and get us live to live in a very small place. It will try to enslave us. It will try to box us in because then if I just live here, if I just live here, maybe, maybe it'll leave me alone. So I won't do that. I won't go there. I won't, I won't do, I won't, I won't, I won't have the opportunity to go and face that. I won't go on holiday to that place. I won't drive there. I won't join that club. I won't do that because it's, it's safer. 
is safer just here. And, 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 and I have to make a decision at some point. Do I want to live the life that anxiety has carved out for me? Or do I want to live the life that Jesus has calmed out for me? And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You've got to understand something right now. The only, the only way out of this place is, is something happening inside of you. And, and, and there's got to be something happens that you, that you make a decision that you are not going to allow this to keep going. So keep going. This all starts with at least somewhere you saying enough. 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 There's got to be something that says, I, I, that, it's got to start here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, bro. Just... <laughs> But you've got to realize enough is not enough. But it's a great start. Enough is not enough, but it's a great start because there's got to be something in you say, I am not tolerating this anymore. I'm still feeling anxious. I'm still feeling worked up. I'm still worried about that. That stuff is still going round and round in my mind, but I'm not tolerating this anymore. But if I can get to that place of saying enough, that is a great start, but that's where the work starts. And I think it's important for us to understand as much as I believe, I would say, is it possible for for Jesus to... um, Give us uh, a moment and, and set us free from anxiety. Yes, but I would say that the way we get to anxiety is not in a moment. It is over a long period of time. And therefore, we, it is learned behaviour. So even if Jesus gave us a moment, then through my learned behaviour, I would end up in the same place because it's not just about a moment. I've got, something's got to happen with the behaviour that got me to that That's good. point. So there's work to be done and trying not to be anxious, trying not to think about it is as pointless as me saying, whatever you do, don't think about a pink elephant. I don't want you to think about a pink elephant. Take the word pink elephant, take the whole picture of a pink elephant and put it out of your mind. How, Trying not to think of a pink elephant only puts the pink elephant in your mind. So if we're going to overcome, we have to fight anxiety at its own game. We're not going to win by not thinking some things. We are going to win by creating a new loop of thoughts. We have to create a new loop of thoughts. Now, this is where the Lord helps us because it's it's kind of a difficult thing to explain because I know that where I am and like numbers of you in this place, you know where you are. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have made it. Can you agree with me? Just give me a wave. If it wasn't for God, you would not have made it. We know that we have seen the supernatural hand of God in our lives. And yet at the same time, there's some stuff that we've got to do. I've got to put some things in action. I've got to do some things. And so it's not one or the other. Now, in uh, the letter to the Romans that, that the Apostle Paul wrote, he gave us a fantastic verse, which says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. 
I think that we need to start at the beginning of that verse because I think that's important. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. If I'm going to deal with the inner bully, then maybe I need to make a decision that I live in a different way. Because following Jesus means that I live life in a different way. I don't try and carry on the same old life, but now I also go to church. Following Jesus means that I choose to live life in a different way. And we live in a very, we live in a very different world to the world that Paul was writing to. And we need to remember that we cannot be all things to all men. I cannot be everything. Be, meet the demands of work, meet the demands of marriage, meet the demands of family, meet the the demands of what they are saying over there or what they are saying over there. I, I I can't do that, especially if I've also got all that noise going on in my inner world. I'm just a human being. Turn to someone and say, come on, man, you're just a human being. And yet, on the other side of things, for those who are followers of Christ, we're not just human beings because we've got someone who helps. We've got a Holy Spirit who comes alongside us to help us in our life. And I think, honestly, there are some practical things that we can do to reduce anxiety and anxiety's impact on our life. And, and you know, the... the you can go anywhere and pick this kind of thing up. You know, you, you can exercise, you can learn to relax, exercise some self-care, um, understand that it's not just about leisure time, but it's, it's about recreation, it's about recreation. What can you do in your life that, that recreates you? I actually believe that that isn't watching Netflix. Nothing wrong with Netflix, but I think that I I believe that if we're going to recreate ourselves, we need to do something that we so love and are so absorbed by that we forget to check our phone. So there's some stuff we can do. Maybe for some of us, reducing anxiety means taking a holiday from social media. Maybe that. Maybe that is something you can do. I could go on ad infinitum because the routes to anxiety are as diverse as the people in the room. But I do actually believe that following God means that He offers something different than simply soothing anxiety. I mean, I'm not knocking it. You know, but there's only so much your bubble bath with your tea lights and your spa music played from YouTube or Spotify can do. It will, I'm not saying it won't do anything and I'm not knocking it. I think it has its place. But we're not just looking to soothe anxiety. I believe there's a place where God will help us deal with anxiety. In fact, Paul is saying to us, if we look there, that he's saying, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. He's saying, be transformed. Now you've heard it before, that word transformed means metamorphosized. A metamorphosis is what a caterpillar goes through when it becomes a butterfly. He's saying it's that kind of difference. So, okay, awesome. Paul, what is the root to being metamorphosized? He says, by the renewing of our mind. I think that's an important key because I'm not just meant to manage my thoughts. I'm meant to understand that through the power of the Holy Spirit, my mind can be renewed. Which is exciting. Great. I want this. Sign me up. But I think that we also need to understand that that word renewed, okay, I believe it's possible, I believe it's possible, 
I just don't believe we're supposed to live our lives believing things are possible. I don't think that I'm supposed to, my, my, my walk with Jesus is defined by the things I believe is possible. As I've said to you before, that's like just looking at the menu, looking at what you could have, and then walking out of the restaurant. And just being satisfied with only looking at the menu. Because let me tell you, if I'm looking at the menu, I've, I've turned up to eat. You know what I'm saying? I've turned up to eat. I don't, don't, don't. In fact, if I can't eat, don't show me the menu. Don't show it to me. I'd rather not know. But, but if, I'm, if, if you're going to show me the menu, then I want to eat what the, I want to see what is advertised and I want to enjoy what is being advertised. And I believe that with the gospel. And I think, I think this is helpful. This has helped me because the word renewed, Another way of saying that from the original language, and I think this is helpful, is renovation. So transformation comes through the renovation of the mind. What does that mean? Well, renovations are work. Renovation is messy. And mind renovation is no less messy. I've got to remove the old stuff and replace the new. Renovation takes time. Renovation takes work. What I want us to understand in our recovery from anxiety, there is not a magic bullet. And we rob ourselves of the journey. We rob ourselves of the opportunity to develop the muscle necessary to manage the rest of our lives if we misunderstand that God is going to help us, but renovation takes work and it starts with relationship. Because if you don't understand that right now, all I'm going to do is give you yet another set of principles that you would think, okay, I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try harder not to be anxious. I'm going to, this is what I need to do. It's like, okay, if I do this, then I'll be less anxious. I'm going to really try. I'm going to really try. I'm going to really try. And then maybe if I do this, I'll be less anxious. And that, you're completely missing the point. Because this is not always about more effort. It begins with my relationship with Him that I come to Him, that I'm not going to make this on my own. If I could have made it on my own, I would have made it on my own. I've watched, I've, I've, I've Googled anxiety. I've watched the YouTube videos. I've, I've done what they told me to do and I'm still in this place. And this is what Jesus wanted Martha to understand about Mary. That when I'm distracted with Jesus, my anxiety will have to die down. But being distracted from Jesus creates an environment where anxiety can thrive. And it it can come across our path in a heartbeat. Developing a relationship is key. And... And we do that. Christianity is not just coming to church. It is not even just a daily relationship. It's a moment by moment relationship with Jesus. And I say that because I want us to understand that that even I believe in having quiet time in the morning. I have quiet time. But I I want you to understand that, that that in itself, it supports, but it's not enough. It doesn't, it doesn't, it is not the equivalent of an ongoing relationship with God. If I, if I am uh, having a quiet time in the morning, I read my Bible, I say my prayers, and then I forget about God the rest of the day. I've ticked the box. I've been to church. I had my quiet time. That's my Christian bit done. Now we crack on with the rest of my life. That is not what this is about. If I, if I am going to, to be a follower of Jesus means I live my life in a different way. I live my life through prayer and the Word. Comes with, it comes with relationship, not even just 
going through the motions. Okay, Lord, I'm praying. I hope you're noticing I'm praying because I'm busy and I haven't really got time for this. But I hope you understand that this is a real sacrifice for me. And I'm, I hope you're, hey, Jesus, I hope you're watching because this is all you're getting today. That's missing the point. Holy Spirit is the comforter. What, what defines us is that we're not just like everybody else who also goes to church on Sunday. We live our moments learning to walk with Jesus. Jesus said specifically in Matthew 6, do not worry about your life. He says specifically, don't worry about tomorrow. I place my complete trust in Him. We need to renew, renovate, rewire, reprogram our minds so that transformation can come. And this is where we need the Word of God. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the Word of God is alive. It's not dead. You might not be getting much out of the Bible right now, but I need you to understand the Word of God is alive. It is not dead print on a page. It is alive. It is active. And if you approach it appropriately, it will change your life. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and joint, uh, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And we've got to set ourselves up for success. Because life happens. I don't know if anyone can relate. There are whole seasons where I go and I'm absolutely fine. And I'm going great. And then there are other seasons where I don't even know why, but there are things that just hit you. They knock you sideways. And you can't just seem to get your mind out of that cycle. So yes, I'm going to give you some scriptures in a moment, which I believe, which are, are, are powerful and they will help you. But I, I also, let me give you also another little trick because I know that if I get into a wrong frame of mind, I need to set myself up for success. Yeah. 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 And one of the things that I do when I can't think what to pray is, I use the language of the Spirit. Right. Yeah. Because the Bible tells me if I'm using the language of the Spirit, I at least edify myself. Let me give you another little thing. I haven't told anybody this or at least a, only a handful of people and I'm going to share it with you if you promise not to tell anybody else. Okay? It's just a little secret between you and I. But look, I made myself a little notebook. And this is because, yes, even your pastor, I, I, I know that, I know there, I know there, it's not that I can, of course I can go to the Bible, but I've got scriptures written in here. Because I know that if I need to get to the right place in my head, this is my, it's not taking the place of the Bible, but it's just a place that I go to where I can easily, I can put it in my pocket, I can put it in my bag, and I've got some scriptures that mean something to me that help me get my mind in the right place. Let me tell you something as well. I don't have it on my phone because I handwrite it. Because no one writes like me. And when I see those words, I know that's me. I wrote that. I wrote that. That is for me. And so if it works for you on the phone, that's cool. But I'm just letting you know what I do because I know I wrote that. And that means that scripture is for me. And it helps me get my head in the right, the right place. God said to Joshua, meditate on my word. So I need to get my head. I need, I'm, I can't stop thinking about that. But what I can do is distract myself from thinking about that by reading this. When that won't stop, I've got this. Sometimes I can't even just read it in my head. I've got to, I've got to read it out loud. I've got to create a noise that is louder than the noise in my head. So I will read it. Be cheerful with joyous, joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you. Uh, you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is near. I take the Word of God and I use it to break in, to create a new loop, to create a new loop. But, when, but God didn't only say meditate 
on the word, he said, be strong and courageous. So you've got you've to use His Word, but you've also got to be strong and courageous yeah. because what I'm sharing with you doesn't make anxieties and fears disappear. Yeah. And I just think that's important. To set you up to, for success, it's important to know. Anxieties and fears will come knocking at the door. But when I focus on the Word of God, I get braver. I get braver. I, I, I'm not pushed around like I was. The Bible, the spirit of the overcomer gives me the ability to overcome. I, I'm not just a conqueror. The Bible says through the spirit, I'm more than a conqueror. So as I break into that loop, it doesn't take some stuff away. I get braver. As I walk up and down this platform, you need to understand that 30 years ago, any platform would have intimidated me. Any platform, the thought of it would have kept me awake at night. Any platform where I had to speak from it, I was so tormented by my own insecurities, I would have been filled with anxiety. I want you to know I slept like a baby last night. Those things that caused me anxiety those years ago, they no longer cause me anxiety. I'm happy. I could stay here all day. Yeah, whether you're here or not, I could pace up and down and I could talk about the good things of God. But that is because through and by the Word of God, I've got stronger. I've got braver. And as I've got stronger and got braver, the anxieties have receded. And it starts with a refusal to be pushed around any longer. I just believe that God, if, if somebody leaves here today, with the, the, the miracle for them would be that they, have, they leave with an enough. Yeah, yeah. They may look the same. As they walk out of here, as they go to get coffee, as they go to the atrium, as they go to the car, they may look similar to the way they walked in, but they are a different human being because they've got a miracle inside their spirit that is saying, mm, enough. I ain't having this anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some of that things into practice. I, God, you are walking. I'm going to live my life in a different way. I am not being pushed around by this inner bully anymore. That guy at the office, that guy at work, that situation, that situation in my family, I am not going to allow myself to get nauseous every time that happens. I'm going to live my life in a different way because I'm not going to be pushed around. And let me tell you this. If I'm going to set you up for success, this is not a quick fix. You've got to be persistent. You've got to, you've got to be more persistent than your bully. You've got to be more persistent and say, no, no, I don't care. I, I, if I have to die sticking in with some of this stuff, I am not giving up. I am not letting you box me in to that small place you want to box me in. I'm going to keep fighting. If you knock me down, I'm going to get up again. If you knock me down again, I'm going to get up again because I choose to believe Jesus. I choose to believe what He has said. Time has, time has really gone and someone worried that I was going to kick over the water has taken it, which was wisdom, thank you, because it absolutely could have happened. Bless you, thank you. So I wanted to give us a moment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I mean, you, I mean, these scriptures you can take hold of, but honestly... You can, find, you can find stuff that is for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. I've got stuff in my, the stuff that makes it in my book, I'm not just, there's the, the stuff that is for me. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that's been, it's about my journey. I think it can be powerful to, to personalise some things. The first scripture I've got here is Isaiah 41.10, which says, so I, I've personalised it, so I will not fear. Is it, is it up on there? Yeah, there we go. So I've personalised that scripture. So I will not fear. You are with me. I 
will not be dismayed. For you are my God. You will strengthen me and help me. You will uphold me with your righteous right hand. And you've got to be prepared to say that. When you've got this going on in your head. Go on, Dave. When you've got, when you've got this stuff going on in your head, you've got you've to declare this. When it feels like it's not working, you've got you've to declare this when it just feels like you're being overwhelmed and overcome. But you've got to understand that this is sharper than two, any two-edged sword. It's more powerful than what I'm feeling. So I don't care. Yeah, I hear you. Anxiety, I hear you. Devil, I hear you. But I hear my God. And my God says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. And they will look in triumph on their foes. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Get rid of it. Throw it away from you. It's not mine. I'm not an anxious person. I'm feeling anxiety right now, but I refuse to live my life as an anxious person. I get it away from me. I cast it away. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God. And the peace of God which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus in this place. I know I am enough. In this place, I know I have enough. God doesn't want you to just talk about peace. He doesn't want you to just know about peace. He wants you to experience One of the scriptures that I've said over and over and over in my head when I've laid awake at night over the years and my mind has been racing. This scripture I've used over and over again that he will keep in perfect peace. It's actually a misquote, but it's... it's he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee. He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee. God, I put my mind on you. My thoughts are racing right now. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, how, I don't know the end of the story, but you, you promise you're going to keep me in perfect peace. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on you. I keep my mind on you. I keep my mind on you. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. I believe that God wants us to understand that there is a quality of life that we're missing out on. Because we allow 
our anxieties and our internal world to drive the agenda. And I believe that God wants you to understand today in His presence, He is the God who will give you victory over your fear, give you victory over your anxiety, give you victory over your nerves, give you victory over the things you worry about. Some people would be shocked if they knew what you worry about. I know that because sometimes you shock yourself. How can I think about that? How can I think about that? If I've got that kind of noise going on in my head, how can I come and worship? How can I come and listen to the Word of God? Do you understand that this stuff will rob us of the very life source? It will rob us of the oxygen that we need to live. That's that's how it chokes us. It's like it gets, it restricts the airway that is there to help us live with full strength. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.